Hey guys, producer Josh here. As Lyron would say, don't freak out. You're in the right spot. This is the Lash Business Lounge. What you're about to hear is the very best bits of an interview that myself and my co-host Melanie did with Lauren back in 2021 on our show, Punching Sideways. Listening back to put this together, Lauren dropped even more knowledge than I remembered. So you're going to hear some stuff you probably haven't heard Lauren talk about before on the podcast, and I won't hold you up anymore here at the front. This is Lauren just crushing in the role as interview guest. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. If you had the idea of wanting to move into beauty at some point or that was what you were interested in, what led you to IT out of all the potential other things you could have studied and worked in? What was it about IT? Did you have an interest in that or was that purely just moving almost the well, it's the opposite of what you've done now. You just moved into the thing that was a guaranteed job. I was good at fixing computers. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good reason. <laughs> um, and yeah. when, did, when did that start? Is that yeah. something you're always good at? Yeah, just sort of during high school. I was that person that, you know, set up everyone's, you know, Oz star for them. <laughs> I think that's going back a while. Here's the thing, though. You, you wouldn't necessarily go <laughs> beauty therapist. <laughs> Like that's a like a ditzy persona that is like that's a stereotype. It's an assumption, yeah. Yeah, yep. and then think, oh no, she can fix computers, which is so, what I love. So like, you would have been the most useful beauty apprentice around well, the place, then, if you could have fixed the computers and the technology. Yeah, doing um, IT really helped me later on when I started my business because I did a lot of those things on my own. I only have recently started outsourcing, you know, my website stuff and things like that. So, yeah. I know that just fascinated me because my last job, I wasn't at all in IT, but I was very tech savvy. Yeah. And I got moved into a pretty prominent IT job without probably having any of the background that I should have had. Yeah. And I just found it, it was, people don't realise about IT and I know this is a bit of a tangent, but it's just like anything else. When you find the solution or the answer to something, it can be really gratifying. Yeah. Even though it seems boring to yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love it when things just work for me. So, or I figure it out and make it work. Nice. I'm kind of obsessed with that. <laughs> so, let's talk about this. I think I was working like 42 hours in four days. And yeah, I knew I needed to hire someone. Okay, so you you touched on before that the people around you were saying that maybe it was a bit of a fad. Yeah. So I'll ask you a two-part question. Yep. What was it about it that you believed maybe wasn't a fad? And did that initial growth period, did that fuel the fire of the fact maybe it was a fad in your own mind or the people around you or did that confirm for you that it's not a fad? I never thought it was a fad. I The growth... I think, I don't know, I was kind of just in this little... You were just working. I was just working. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about all those extra things going on. I wasn't listening to, you know, my family and stuff like that. But um, I was just focused. And, yeah, I I don't know. I don't... I never thought it was a fad. I thought that it was going to get bigger and bigger. It only, you know, to this day, it's way... I don't know, you know, it's kind of like this little offshoot of the beauty industry as a whole, I guess, but... It's just ridiculous. It's it's insane. And I really believe that social media is responsible for this 
growth within the beauty industry because people are, you know, people are photographed at any given moment during the day and then that, you know, 30 seconds later or less, that photo can be, you know, posted online or, you know, on yeah, online, anywhere. And people want to look good all the time. And I think that people, you know, they're scrolling Instagram, they're heavily influenced by what they're seeing on there. And I think people just want to look fabulous all the time. And yeah, it's just an it's massive growth within this so industry. Just to put the timeline out there for people, when did the lashes salon start? 2014. So that was around when Instagram probably started to move out of its North American yes. phase into a global. Yes. So you were kind of really in line with that explosion, I guess, in that visual platform. Definitely. Definitely. I think I had a personal Instagram early on, uh, maybe, yeah, 2012-ish. And then, yeah, when I started my um, Lash Salon, I started an Instagram account for the business and, you know, I was posting on there just as much as I was posting on my Facebook page. And, yeah, I mean, grew that quite quickly as well. So you're a bit ahead of the game really though, would you say? When you say that you think that that's what's fueled it all. Lauren makes the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I, I just I want to just go a little bit deeper yeah. and know why did you trust yourself and over all the other noise maybe from that was around you because it sounds like you you're blocking a lot of that out but I'm a very stubborn person <laughs> and <Nice>. um, <laughs> once I decide something not much stops me achieving it right. um, yeah so, so that yeah. sounds to me like you were prepared for it to either be this huge thing you believed it was or you were equally as prepared for it maybe no, not to be or no. you were just going to make it Failure's happen. N- Failure is not an option. <laughs> Fail- <laughs> failure, it, you know, I said it early on. I remember my younger sister came to help me um, set up the day before we are opening. You know, we'd done this crazy fit out and, you know, oh, like, you know, so many late nights fitting out my shop and... Her husband's um, very good yeah. At helping. I'm very lucky. My husband's Owen. very handy. Yes, mm-hmm. Owen, and you know he's been a major supporter. He never ever doubted me once, which is great. But yeah, we did this crazy fit out, and you know it came down to the line. You know the <laughs> night before we were there till two o'clock in the morning. You know getting um, every all the last minute touches done, and yeah, my my sister had actually come down from Wagga and. I remember she said to me, like, because, I mean, she lived, still lived with my dad and my stepmom and, you know, they were quite negative about it all. But, yeah, she was like, oh, I actually think this is going to go really well for you. And I was like, yeah, like, it's failure is not an option. Like, you know, I'd, I just got a business loan for 25 grand to do this, you know, <laughs> and that was a lot of money to me back then. And, you know, failure is not an option. I don't have anyone to bail me out. So, yeah, I just pushed on. No, I would have adapted. I would have, oh, what's the business word? Pivoting. Everyone pivoted in yeah. 2020. Um, I would have pivoted my business if it hadn't have worked out, but failure was never an option for me. Most people pivoted to the biscuit tin, I think, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so can I just ask, I know I'm going pretty deep on this, but yep. that's what this show's about. That's all good. To be married to someone that is just like 100% supportive like I don't he's never questioned anything I wanted to (laughs) 
Um, and yeah, like, and he's my best mate. Like, we're just mates, and like, we're just, I don't know, we're a really good team, I think. And that's been really important. Well, you know, that's been like a big part of the success of my business, too, because he's there, you know, when I'm not doing stuff with the kids and running around after them and, you know, doing a bloody salon refit <laughs> out every, you know, when we needed to fit more beds in to the salon, you know, refitting it every 12 months. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And one thing I will say, and I will go back to, like, the progression from the, the little city walk into where you are now, but I, I know at one time we've had a conversation where you've got this big, beautiful house now and all this other stuff that you've been afforded because you've worked your ass off, both of you, basically. Mm-hmm. But there's a the perception still that Owen's the breadwinner sometimes to people that don't know. Yeah. When I say breadwinner, and I don't I don't actually like that term yeah. because you're saying it's a team thing. Definitely. But there's still the perception that you're just a little beauty therapist that like fluffs around and puts just makeup on makes people. people pretty. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I I have had a lot of experiences like that. Um, especially from um my husband's side of the family. Mm-hmm. We went to a wedding um, about a year ago now and uh, I was talking to one of my husband's aunties and she said, oh, how's your little salon going? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, good. Good, thank you. <laughs> and, and she said, oh, have you got anyone working in there with you? Have you got anyone helping you out? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I've got, I've got eight girls in there now. And she goes, oh, oh, that's good then. And <laughs> then there was another conversation at the same wedding, actually, from one of my husband's cousins. And we just moved into our house. Sorry, it was two years ago, not one year ago. It was start of 2019. Yeah, we just moved into our new house and um, – my husband Owen was showing his cousin um, some photos of our house. Yeah, he he actually said, "Oh, geez, you must be on a good wicket at the council, mate." <laughs> and, and 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 Owen goes, "No, no, it's you know, like yeah, like I do all right, but it's Lauren, like <laughs> you know, like it's Lauren that's done this." And 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 yeah, his cousin went, "Nah, no way." No way. What is she, like, sticking fake eyelashes on people? She wouldn't make much money doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we just kind of laugh about it. Owen doesn't care. He's not one of those blokes that, you know, is worried about, you know, his um, wife out earning or or anything like that. It's not, it's not like that at all. So, yeah. I described um, to Josh that you're – I, I won't say highly, you're intense and focused and just OCD, like you said. Mm-hmm. And Owen is just, just this chill, cash, like just rolls with everything type. And <laughs> and you're such a good pair because you balance each other out. Yes. I think his favourite phrase um, to say to me is, don't let her worry her. <laughs> Why are you worrying about this? Don't let her worry her. Because <laughs> everything worries me. <laughs> yeah. So from from the little city walk and it just went, I want to know what, for someone that is so perfectionist, what's it like to bring someone in 
and have to sort of trust them with your clients because I'm bad at handing stuff over myself. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my business and I still, that's an issue for me that I still struggle with. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I initially, yeah, um, my first team member, I would hang on to every little, like I could hear the conversations (laughs) Like I would hang on to every word that was spoken and, yeah, I probably micromanaged a little bit too much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I found that something, yeah, I found that really, really difficult to start with. But as the year of, years have gone on, uh, I think I've been employing people now for, yeah, well, since 2014. Um, so I think I've been, yeah, coming up seven years as an employer this year, but yeah, and I have a lot more staff now and I've kind of come to the realization that I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be, well, to grow a business, sorry, I'll backtrack a bit Mm -hmm. to grow a business. You need, like, I believe you need to hire people that are better than you. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to be known as the best at sticking lashes on people anymore. I don't want to be on the tools 24-7. I can't be on the tools. I would not have been able to grow my business to what it is today if I was still sitting at that treatment bed doing clients 40 hours a week. Like you need time to think, you need time to plan, you need time to market. And it's quite funny because I get asked a lot, what do I do on my days off? Because I only work one and a half days in, in my salon on clients now. Mm-hmm. And I quite I get asked nearly every day, what do I do on my days off? Yeah. But I don't have a day off, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I'm not sticking lashes on people doesn't mean I'm not working. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, you d- I, d- I do believe you need to hire people that are better than you because I want them to attract clients and build – like their clientele for the business. I don't ne- I can't wear that hat. I can't be the best person in there anymore. So yeah, might be a bit of a controversial opinion. No, but, not yeah. at all. Well, like, you want to be the entrepreneur. Yeah. And the strategic thinker, you don't want to be a technician. No. Because you not can only anymore. ever grow so much. That's it. It's limited by time. It so. is limited. There's only a certain amount of number of hours in the day and you can't wear all the hats. You can't do everything. And I tried to do everything in the beginning. Yep. And I, I did. This. I, I succeeded for a while, but in the end, you fall in a heap. That's when you need to learn how to systemize and delegate things. So that's another thing that I work on all the time is systemizing and handing off jobs that I, kn- I know in my heart I can do them, but it's just a time sucker and I need to hand them off. So, yeah. See, this that little part fascinates me because relinquishing and being okay with having people better than you in an industry that you worked so hard to, to be the best, I suppose, initially. Yes. Is a big a big point to sort of come to and be okay with that. How long did it sort of get you to get your head around the fact that it was okay not to be the best because you are a perfectionist. Yes. So to almost put that hat to the side and go, someone's allowed to be better than me at this, 
is, a, I would imagine, a bit of a mental battle. Yes, it is. Early on, I I knew that I never wanted to be doing lashes or beauty forever. I didn't want to be in that actual role forever. And I knew that I wanted to grow my business and as Josh just said, there's only a certain amount of numbers in a day. You know, I could do six figures on my own. Like I did, I, I, I turned over, I turned over a hundred grand in my first year. And, you know, that's great for someone working on their own. Like my accountant at the time was like, what? You made over a hundred grand sticking fake eyelashes on people. Like <laughs> yeah. But I don't, um, I knew that I wanted more. And I knew that to do that, I had to employ a number of people. I needed a bigger space. I needed, you know, quite a few lash artists or beauty therapists working with me to make more money. And that was the goal. Not that I'm completely, I'm not completely money focused. I'm, I'm more about what earning more money brings, more of a, more freedom. And, you know, my kids are a little bit older now and, you know, I missed out on a lot early on, probably the first two years of building my business. I was at work, you know, full-time plus hours and I did miss out on a lot. And, you know, I opened my salon when my son was 10 months old and, you know, he's he's going to be eight this year and my daughter's 10 and I'm able to go pick them up and drop them off at school and, you know, I'm, I'm able to do a lot more with my kids now because I have a team in there earning me money like, I don't have to be in there and I'm earning money. It so, sounds like, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but when I think about just from when I business studies in the past, the systems mindset, essentially the idea is to build a system where anyone can perform a certain task to the quality or better than what you would do yes. it yourself. Is that prevalent in the industry? No. Because I... I mean, I was friends with a, a hairdresser that was in a pretty high-end salon around here, and although the work that went out the door was incredible, they did a lot of weddings and colouring and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, it was a jumbled, disorganised mess. yeah. And it was really just the fact they had so many... They just happened to get a bunch of really talented people in the same salon at the same time. Yeah, and that's really So how did you fluke. know that... <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's a fluke. How did you know that applying really granular systems type thinking to the, the industry you're in, how did you know to do that? Or is it something you, did you read about it or did you see failures and you're like, well, there's got to be a way to fix that? Well, I never did business studies. I wish now that I did. <laughs> well, I can tell you from doing it a degree, you don't cover anything as useful as systems thinking. Okay. All right. That's probably a more, you know, something that's in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. yeah. I started working with a business coach, yeah, around about 2016, so two years into uh, my business. And I think she was the one that sort of put the idea in my mind that I can, yeah, create systems for everything and how to create them. Um, I mean, it's very, very easy though. Can you maybe give the listener just an idea of a simple system that you have that you, is it documented? Like yes, do it exactly yes. this way? So like I have like... A, like a manual for nearly everything in my business. So most of them are 
administration tasks that are that are documented. It's a little bit difficult for actual beauty treatments because you know, it's everyone does them a little bit differently and you still and you still achieve the same result at the end of the day. But yeah, I I have like a full admin procedure manual. So just say for example, I had a new team member came like to come in and do admin. All I would have to do is open up a folder and there's a process, like literally, you know, how to unlock the salon, use the key to unlock the door, walk in, use your alarm code, turn all the lights on, turn the computers on, turn all the wax pots on, put the music on. This is the Spotify playlist that we listen to. Like it is step by step. Like you would have to be pretty dumb not to understand <laughs> it. But yeah, so, and and things like um, sending marketing emails, uh, we send, you know, all our, our, all our new clients that come in, um, we sent, we, we put them all into a spreadsheet and send them an email with a, like a credit, like a $15 voucher to use on their next service. So it just encourages them to come back in straight away. And, you know, birthday um, emails, like I'm just talking about marketing emails, it's all documented. So step by step with screenshots. Also, um, because, yeah, we have a manual that's just all saved in Google Drive. You know, you can record your screen doing things so people can actually watch you do the process. So, yeah, like I can just say marketing emails need to be sent out, you know, every second Monday birthday emails need to be sent out on the first business day of every month and I wouldn't have to spend my time teaching staff how to do that. Anyone could just pick up the manual and know how to do it. For everyone who's at home, how have you inspired the people who work with you and for you to actually read and embrace that? And I wouldn't have to spend my time teaching staff how to do that. Anyone could just pick up the manual and okay, know how so to do it. For everyone who's at home, how have you inspired the people who work with you and for you to actually read and embrace that? Because I think we've all worked places where they throw a manual at you on day one. And most of them aren't built on systems. They're more so built on just rules generally. Yeah. So how do you get yeah, how do you get people to actually do it? Is it the fact that it takes stress out of their own job? Is that Yeah, like I'll I'll normally spend a few days like with someone new at the start, like when they first start with and you know, I'll go through a lot of processes with them. But if they ask me how to do something again after that, I'm like, it's there in the manual. (laughs) And if you can't do it you ask me questions and that's the only way I've found that people learn. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a pretty black and white manual. Like it's not skipping over anything. Like it's okay. very detailed. And yeah. I know we're getting super granular here, yeah. but <laughs> what, what was that, let's just say that systems manual, what was it like when you first started doing it versus now? Has there been an evolution in how you approach creating those or is it pretty standard? I used to hire for skill. Like I used to look at people's work histories and, you know, oh, can they use Photoshop? Can they use this? Can they use that? Have they used Microsoft Office? Have they ever used a booking system before? But I don't look at any of that now. I hire for like their personality. I personality test everyone. I look at how well they're going to work in with the rest of the team and myself. And I look at things like 
work ethic, you know, I like and people that just have a positive attitude because you can teach anyone a skill, but you can't teach work ethic. You can't teach loyalty. That's just someone's in someone's personality. So, and their va- then their own personal values. So yeah, I hire on that now. <laughs> That's a pretty Might big evolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, yeah. I like it. One thing that I have always noticed about you, and which is probably leads into why you've gone down this route a little bit yourself, is that you've always been big on investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you just said with the coaching, like so early on, yep. you always seem to be doing stuff on the side that other people would might go, oh, what a waste of money. Why are you spending all your money on this? Yep. But obviously it's been such a important thing for you of learning and almost – do you think – Having a business coach also makes you a bit more accountable? Definitely. I know that uh, when I have my weekly Zoom with my business coach, the amount of work that I churn through the day before because I know I'm catching up with her and she's going to ask me um, is huge. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I think I think it is um, a really great way, you know, to keep yourself accountable because you've got someone actually saying, okay, you know, well, what are your goals? What do you want to do? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they help you stick to that because I think if you just set your own goals, sometimes it's easy to deviate from the plan and, you know, throw the towel in or, you know, for example, last year, how many people would have been like, oh, you know, it's just easier to just forget about 2020. I'll just do this next year or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think having a business coach is a fantastic idea. Can you actually paint a picture of the level that you've got to? Because you still sort of seem like just, I oh, just make a bit of money doing beauty. <laughs> would you Would you agree, Joe? Yeah, because yeah. there's a magnitude way above what she's talking right now. <laughs> I, I do occasionally enter in some business awards and things like that. Um, and early on in the day, I, I um, also won some awards like for the lashes that I've done, you know, like lash competitions. So Individual awards. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did that in 2015, 2016. And then, yeah, 2018, no, 19, sorry, I'm losing track of the years here. 2019, um, the, there is a, there's a lash industry association that's based in Canada and they're kind of a worldwide association. They're probably the most well-known association and they're called NALA, which is an acronym for um, the National Association of Lash Artists. And yeah, they have awards every year, which is, that's probably the most prestigious within the lash industry. And yeah, I was nominated for Lash Studio of the Year in 2019. And yeah, I had to submit a heap of stuff for that nomination. And yeah, I was actually picked as a top five finalist. So, I mean, unfortunately I didn't win. I I did go over to Canada um, for the gala and the awards, but just to be top five in the world, Lash Salon, you know, like it's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty in crazy. Albury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Albury. So. <laughs> Which um, we'll, yeah. com- we'll come back to, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I actually got nominated again in 2020 
So I got nominated for last year of the year and I also got nominated and I have no idea who nominated me, by the way. It's their, yeah, anonymous nominations. But yeah, last year I got nominated again for last studio of the year and I also got nominated in another category, Lash Artist Integrity Award. So that's kind of like um, a lash artist that's, you know, upholding the highest levels of you know, um, health and hygiene and also applying safe lengths and applying the lashes correctly not to damage their clients' natural lashes. So, yeah, so I got nominated for both of those and, yeah, I did the whole submission thing again. I had to spend quite a few hours doing all that and, yeah, I actually made it in again twice for both categories, so top five in the world, top five lash year, top five lash artists with integrity in the world. Unfortunately, the Nala Gala was cancelled in 2020 because of COVID. So that's three years in a row and well, two years two, in a row for two categories. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, top, that's awesome, top five in the world. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about lash integrity and artists would like – you to just whether you can just explain to someone that maybe like Josh who has no idea about None the whatsoever. industry or lashes, just a brief sort of overview of what can go wrong and what can go right with application of lashes. So for all those people playing at home, we apply one single lash to one of your natural lashes. So we use tweezers in both hands and we use one set of tweezers in our left hand to isolate the natural lash. So we kind of dig in and push them apart, separate them, and and then we use our other tweezers to pick up an extension, dip it in the glue and apply it. So there's a lot of things that go into it, which I'm not going to bore everyone <laughs> with, but... The things, the main things that can go wrong, which, you know, there's been such an evolution in the last few years, like most people now are doing the right thing, which is really great. And I mean, I still see it from time to time now. Some people don't isolate the lashes. So they just come and plonk a heap of lashes on and they all end up stuck together. So (laughs) what, what actually happens then is... When the natural lashes start to grow, because all those extensions are stuck together with chunks of glue, they become very, very uncomfortable. And what happens is they start to grow out and twist and turn in odd directions and they're very, very painful and they end up snapping the natural lashes off or pulling them out by the root. So, (laughs) yeah, if you're having repeated applications of lashes like that you will end up with permanent natural lash damage. So gaps in the lash line and things like mm-hmm. that. And your natural la- you won't have a base there to apply safe extensions to in the future. Josh is just there with his eyes just going, whoa. This is <laughs> yeah. There's much more in- to it, I think. There yeah. is more. Well, there's obviously an artistry to it because I... No, but that's what I mean. There's much more to it, the actual of doing it right. Yeah. application. Yeah. You've, what- got to, you've got to choose, your, you know, you've got to choose the right... 
adhesive, you've you've got to have the conditions in your salon right. So the humidity and the temperature has to be stable. Um, you need to apply eye patches to the lower eyelid to protect the bottom lashes so you don't stick people's eyes together. <laughs> you need to apply the lashes no more than half a millimetre from the skin of the um, eyelid. Um, any closer can cause irritation. Um, any further out, they can droop and twist and snap prematurely. Yeah, so there's that's just the tip of the iceberg, really. <laughs> I, but yeah, like I don't, I don't want to bore people with too so, many technical things. <laughs> to follow on from that, obviously. I was speaking to a, a guy that runs a website called TechAU, yep. which is one of the premier Australian tech websites, and yep. he does it part time from Wodonga. Yeah, amazing. And he just said he never felt in the slightest bit held back yeah yeah well I don't feel like I'm held back at all like we we all feel that that maybe the fact that someone comes from a bigger more beautiful or more cultural place somehow gives them some inherent extra bit of talent or extra bit of value or yeah and it's hard to shake that which is why we ask the question yeah (laughs) yeah well I think that you know business is business you you no matter where you are like it comes down to fixing a problem for someone. And you make a profit or die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You either sink or swim. And, you know, failure is not an option. What was that? That was what I was yeah. saying earlier. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's pretty much the same anywhere. Whether you've got a big beauty salon in Albury or you've got a big beauty salon in Sydney, you still go through the same struggles. And at the end of the day, you stand out or you don't. You're, you're making a profit or you're not. And I think that, it, it doesn't matter what I just said about me believing that it may have an effect on my business coaching. I That's just in my head. It's not. But honestly, living here, I like it here. I would prefer to stay here. You know, my family's here. My kids are happy. It's a great place to live. I don't believe I really need to be anywhere else physically. <laughs> I so, will yeah. say this one thing about you that I've always think that You've looked at things as a possibility and bigger than Aubrey Wodonga. Yeah. You've you've never been sort of caught in what I would say like the click and this is where this is my lane. You've thought big. Yes. So I don't think I think it's that mentality that has got you as far as you have because you the same with the tech AU guy. There's no reason why you can't be as big as the next place in That's Melbourne it. or anything. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you refuse to bite into this insular political sort of stuff that goes yeah. on. And no, Mel yeah. did mention that, and we're going on a, a tangent to finish up today, but you were described to me as someone that obviously it probably comes from having bigger goals than just what's happening just in this little area, but that you haven't 100% bought into the local business culture the way some people have. Yeah. And you no. haven't maybe embraced the quote unquote networking no. elements of local business the no. way some people have. Yeah, no. I you know, my salon we do what we do. We're great at it. I don't need to prove myself to anyone here. I have been to a few business networking events and I felt that um it was very belittling. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a stupid beauty therapist. I've got a little salon that, you know, it's not that serious. 
<laughs> and yeah, I, I don't feel like it's an effective use of my time. I could be working on my online store or, you know, creating systems and processes for my, for my business and or setting new team targets or whatever, you know, I don't need to go and do chit chat with local people about that. Um, I don't need to try and get new clients in the door. We're already booked out weeks in advance. Yeah. And in regards to, you know, my online businesses, you know, that's, that's Australia wide, Australia wide, I should say, or, and worldwide. Um, I don't need to try and get business out of meeting up with local people. Yeah. And it is very clicky. So I'm just not into that. I, I'm not a super social. Per- I don't really. Can I? I'll be. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. When I first left a job many many years ago to work for myself for a little period of time, it sort of been 2013. I certainly wasn't the type of personality that gelled well with the business chambers and the after hours because I was at the age where I could go to the youth events yes. still. Yep. And I saw how beneficial it was for certain people. Certain industries. The, the, yeah, yeah, for certain yeah. industries and certain personalities. Yeah. But you said the word clicky. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're getting that sort of feeling yeah. in business, you are looking at a distraction only. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It, because yeah. it's not helpful and it's emotionally affecting you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, I, yeah, I just haven't really uh, tried a few times to, you know, and I've been asked, been sent emails. Um, yeah, that, that was what I was going to finish yeah. up with. How do people feel about your reluctance to be involved? Oh, they probably don't even notice. They probably don't notice that I'm not there. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good answer. <laughs> I'm not, I can't. I mean, I you're not obviously I'm, openly hostile I'm, about it. No, but, yeah. no, but I, I don't think that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not that I'm not very memorable. I don't know. Like, I, oh, that's silly. <laughs> I feel like he's, we've been talking for an hour and a yeah, ten minutes. But, but, so but you're like, pretty memorable. I think at these events, like business is not spoken about. Like the the business discussions that I want to have are like what we've just spent the last hour talking about. I don't. I don't want to talk about other people and what they're doing here. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um. I <laughs> that's just. Great. I just want to do what I want to do. Like, you know, look outside the box. You know, just. Solve problems, yeah, and let the work speak for itself. That's it. You don't need to go and prove yourself to anyone. Um, you don't, and you don't need to win local awards either to prove yourself to anyone. Yeah. They don't. It, awards, even though yes, we've talked about awards today, but awards don't equal money in the bank. They don't equal new clients walking in the door. It's just an ego boost, really. Like yeah. when you think about it. It's an ego boost. So you've got to look at how much time it takes you to, you know, do your submissions. And I will mention that I did enter the business awards here one year and I did miss out. <laughs> You're not bitter about that. I was robbed. I was robbed. Okay. But it was a extraordinary amount of time that I dedicated to submitting those answers and being interviewed. I remember I took a couple of hours out of my day to be interviewed by a couple of the judges and then to be told at the end that they didn't even make the final decision. Somebody who I hadn't even met 
made the final decision. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was kind of like, hmm. As an entrepreneur, you would have said no to that if you yeah. hadn't known up front, I'm assuming. Yeah, I wouldn't have bothered. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I I think people need to think about that. Um, you know, time is pr- our time is precious as business owners and you need to always be asking yourself, is this the highest and best use of my time? Just before you go, I just want to know, can you list, please, all these amazing social handles that we need to get on and follow so we can watch watch you from afar? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Lauren Lappin underscore. Alua underscore Lash Beauty Bar. Um, And we also have our websites. I think I'm on LinkedIn as well. I was trying to break into that, but I don't know. You got not enough time to do it. <laughs> not enough time. And that's I'm on Clubhouse. That, that's more of that dirty networking stuff, LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really loving that angle. But yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. All my businesses are on there as well. Um Websites, pretty self-explanatory, alualashes.com.au, laurenlappin.com.au. Yeah, some cool stuff. Yeah. Righto. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.